Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. faces a choice this is battleground america here's tara servatius fbi director christopher ray says chinese hackers are targeting the u.s with potentially damaging cyber attacks there has been far too little public focus on the fact that prc hackers are targeting our critical infrastructure our water treatment plants, our electrical grid, our oil and natural gas pipelines, our transportation systems. China's hackers are positioning on American infrastructure in preparation to wreak havoc and cause real-world harm to American citizens and communities. When no less than the head of the FBI is warning, oh, hey, our enemies are going to try to take down our grid. A warning the FBI has repeated, as I've documented, just about every quarter since Joe Biden took office. When I published this last week on the Battleground America podcast, I got contacted, as I often do, by a lot of you saying, okay, Jarba, you're scaring us. Tell us what to do. Well, you can begin preparing just this week. Folks, we got a glimpse into what might happen during COVID. As it got scary for a while, we watched some of the shelves go bare or practically bare in response to what was really a bad cold. What would happen if the big one ever got out of one of Fauci's bioweapons labs? What would happen if the grid collapsed? Everyone should be prepared for this, and everyone can be. You can start this week, but what do you need? What should you do? And most importantly, what will it be like? There's a great piece by a man who survived what he calls one year in hell. Yep, it was during the Bosnian War between 1992 and 1995. It was for a year. He lived and survived in a city with 6,000 people without water, electricity, gasoline, medical help, civil defense, cops. It was complete anarchy. Distribution service. Now, his city was blockaded by an army, but it was absolute anarchy inside. There were no cops. What was that like? How do you survive? Because... If we went through a thing like this, whether it was three days, three weeks, three months, or God forbid a year, this is exactly what we can expect. But what he says he'd do to prepare, having lived through that, is not at all what I expected. And a lot of it you can start doing on your weekly trips to the grocery store. When it started, he said, some of us were better prepared, but most of the neighbors' families just had enough food for a few days. Some had pistols, a few had AK-47s or shotguns. Problem number one, the gangs. They formed almost immediately. 
After a month or two, he said, gangs were operating, destroying everything. Hospitals, for example, he said, were turned into slaughterhouses as people went into them getting one of the most precious things there is, antibiotics. And they killed each other over antibiotics. There were no police, he said. I got lucky, he says, because my family at the time was fairly large. Fifteen people in a large house with six pistols, three AKs. And he says most survived. Now, it helped that the Americans dropped, he says, MREs every 10 days or so, but it wasn't anywhere near enough to feed everyone. About three months in, the first rumors and reports, he said, spread of people dying of hunger, cold and thirst. While there were woods around his neighborhood, those were quickly defoliated and completely chopped down. He said, we removed doors, windows, frames, ripped up floors, burned the furniture for heat. Many died of diseases, he says, especially from the water, including two in his own family. Thing number one you're going to want on your list is water. Here's what you need. At a minimum, a three-week supply of water in your home in containers that bottled water from the store it'll last forever even our government admits this you can keep it for years i've got a three-week supply i'm actually i pick up a few every week so it continues to go up why do you want at least a three-week supply of water you're gonna have to collect rain in rain buckets We don't dependably get a hard-driving rain every week or even every few weeks. So you're going to also need rain buckets to begin to collect that. Mine are in the garage. They're simply Home Depot-style buckets. I have about a dozen of them. You can stack them on top of each other so they don't take up a lot of space and just store them in your attic. What else do you need? Look this up. Life Straw. These are incredible. You can actually drink right out of a river or out of a creek with a life straw. They were originally invented to help people who were dying of waterborne diseases in places like Africa. Believe it or not, in Bosnia, that was the main thing that killed people, the water. As soon as the water processing plants stopped processing it, which could happen in a grid attack, you think, well, I'll go down to the creek, I'll go to the river. No, you won't. Uh, Because that, he said, got really gunky really, really fast. Most of those run in and out of our water treatment facilities, that water you see in creeks. It's not all natural, and it will quickly uh, get cloudy. So you need to have those, they're called life straws. They're really awesome. You need to have also, pick this up. You can get them cheaply on Amazon. They're tabs that can make basically chlorinated water uh, like you would get essentially out of the water treatment plant. Store those tabs too. You're going to need them to purify your water. Yes, you can boil water, but again, the fuel to boil water won't always be available. He says in the end, they drank mostly rainwater, ate pigeons, and even rats. And he says, listen, you have no idea how valuable a tin can of Soviet spam uh, or tuna was worth. He said for one tin can, you could have a woman, meaning women would prostitute themselves for a single can of canned meat. Most of the women who sold themselves, he says, were desperate mothers. So here's what I do. I do this every week. I pick up two to four cans of meat. I usually go for whatever is on sale, and I look at the expiration dates. I like to target expiration dates. A good find for me is 2027, 2028. I'll still pick up 2026. Right now, I use my 2026. 
24s that I had already stocked for casseroles for the kids. And I make chicken pot pie out of them. Um, and we are currently using some of the salmon, too, that still has got a year left on the expiration date. So I'm constantly restocking uh, with newer stuff. But I shop first on expiration date, second on price. And what I do is I buy things I know my family's going to eat now because we we are eating our way through the cans as I add new ones. You don't want to have to throw stuff away in two to three years. You want to be able to use it well before it expires. So you're not wasting your money. I actually have my cans stored by expiration date. You also want a multi-month supply of MREs or My Patriot Supply. Uh, you should absolutely have that in the bug out uh, buckets that they have with the handles. You're going to want a good three months worth of food that way for everyone in your family. Um, a lot of those are carbohydrate heavy. Uh, they do have protein, obviously, but not like the bang for your buck cheaply that you can get with canned meat. So you're going to want to have the cans as well. He said protein was the thing that was the hardest to come by. The most important thing to have, though, he said, was guns and ammo. Again, People quickly broke into 10 to 15 man gangs, some as large as 50. He said there were many normal men like you and me, fathers and grandfathers who killed and robbed. There were no good or bad men. Mostly they were in the middle, ready for the worst and ready to do whatever it took for their family to survive and to eat. Look at your house. Look at how it's configured. If you look at my house, I'm fortunate there are actually no windows on the side. What does that mean? We only have to defend the front and the back. So two ARs will do that, backed by two shotguns. If you can have more, do that. Um, and we have a ton of pistols, a lot of pistols. He says that is ideal because it's a concealable gun. He said you would think you'd want to walk around, hey, carrying your AR. He said, no, you don't ever want to do that. Not outside your house. It'll make you a target of the gangs. Big part of survival is not being noticed by anybody. So when you're going out, you want those pistols. They're easy to use, easy to carry, and most importantly, easy to conceal. You don't want anyone to know that you have these guns because those 15 men who will also have guns will be at your house trying to get them. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. He said that the men in his house were able to organize patrols of their street. The neighborhood worked together to patrol the street, and that's how they were able to repel the gangs of marauding, raiding men. One of the most valuable things, he said, actually surprised me. And I went and picked some up. Bic lighters, any kind of lighters. Lighters were precious. And he says, 
uh, he, that he had a container of cooking gas. He says, we didn't use it for heat. That would have been too expensive. I attached a nozzle to it, he said, that I made myself, and I used it to fill the lighters. Lighters were precious. If a man brought an empty lighter, I would fill it, and he would give me a tin of food or a candle. So he says little things to trade like that, little knives, lighters, things like that. Another thing that was extremely valuable, you wouldn't think this, alcohol, alcohol to trade, like drinking alcohol. He says uh, the rate of drinking actually went up uh, by 10 times what it normally was. What about getting a generator? Well, he writes, well, a generator is good, but a thousand Bic lighters are much better. Problem with a generator or anything like that is that it attracts attention. Somebody's going to take that off your hands very quickly or you're going to end up in a gunfight over it. Forget, again, he says, thinking you're just going to go down to the creek and get the water. He said, we usually collected rainwater in four very large barrels and boiled it. He said there was a small river, but the water in it became very dirty, very fast. That's because most of the water that runs, again, through those creeks and rivers actually is processed by our water treatment plants and released into them. It's not naturally flowing and occurring. It may have been at one time, but it's not anymore. So it's really important to make sure you have rain barrels, buckets, anything you can collect a lot of rain in. He was asked, gold and silver, useful? He says, yes, I traded all the gold in the house for ammunition. Another super important item, batteries. Most specifically, a radio that you can run off of batteries to find out what is going on. Uh, really, really critical. And then the batteries as well, he says, can be traded, but you'll want them for your radio. He said the radio literally became a lifeline. Take a listen to how they lived, because this will help you plan to look at your house, your home, in a way you never did before. He said, we also constantly kept someone watching the streets. Quality organization is paramount in case of gang attacks. He said all the exits to their home were barricaded and had little firing slits. Inside, we had at least five family members ready for battle all the time and one in the street, hidden in a shelter. We stayed home throughout the day to avoid sniper fire. Um, that sniper fire came from the gangs who ruled the streets. At first, he says the weak perish, then the rest fight. Many died, he says, in stupid ways. They went out to gather information and they didn't come back. Now, a lot of times I think you picture, hey, if it's the end of the world, I want to be living on my land in the middle of nowhere with my cows. Yeah, good luck with that. They'll steal the cows. They'll steal the chickens. And if you're alone, well, you'd be better off. But he makes an interesting argument I've never thought of before, actually living in a neighborhood and partnering with your neighbors to patrol together uh, to protect your mutual property, something you can't do if you live alone. He says men living alone, even if they were armed, just didn't last long. You needed the protection of a gang. He said you'd think... More family members, more mouths to feed. And that's true, he said, but it's also more protection. This line was also really interesting to me, too. Maybe this would seem strange, he writes, but the most protected houses were looted and destroyed first. Beautiful houses with walls and dogs and alarms and barred windows. People attacked those first. Some held out, others didn't. It all depended on how many hands and guns they had on the inside. I think defense is very important, he says, but it must be carried out unobtrusively. If you are in a city and the worst comes, you need a simple non-flashy place with lots of guns and ammo. People, he said, died foolishly quite often. Many died from infections and superficial wounds that we don't think much about today. We just go to the ER, not a big deal. So he said, um, almost more precious than anything, even food, 
antibiotics. He happened to be a paramedic. He had three to four uses and he kept them for his family. So having an antibiotic kit is super important. In fact, you can Google antibiotic kit and see what you need to put into it. Doctors are always shoving antibiotics at us. Always get the prescription. Always fill it and take it. But we have an antibiotic kit. It's quite full, actually. And I've gotten it all from something called alldaychemist.com. That's alldaychemist.com. They have all the kinds of antibiotics you could possibly need to store. Um, And a friend of mine, a good friend of mine who's a a doctor who's probably listening to this, told me um, that she used to give her kids um, expired antibiotics, just, I guess, not go pay for them, because she said they actually go way past uh, their expiration date. So alldaychemist.com, Google antibiotic prep kit and find out which kinds you need. I've got three different kinds in my kit because I have some penicillin allergic members of my family. So I've got two different kinds, but I've got enough to treat us uh, through multiple illnesses. And you really need that. Having this friend of mine who's a doctor, by the way, uh, she started telling me during COVID she'd never seen antibiotics hard to get there were several strains of antibiotic for where for a while there it got really thin where you couldn't get them for a couple of days so you know just it's not even just like hey end of the world style attack i mean it could just be a stronger version of covid in the supply chains breakdown and now we're all at the cvs killing each other over antibiotics it could easily happen they're really good to keep on hand and he says look simple diarrhea will kill you in a few days without medicine with limited amounts of water by the way, if you go on the alldaychemist.com website, uh, there's going to be a section that'll ask you for your doctor's prescription. You don't actually have to put it in. I just put my doctor's name and phone number in and they send it. So you don't need a prescription. You can stack up on the antibiotics you need. I also keep ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine uh, as well as a lot of zinc in, in case we have another pandemic breakout that's a virus because those things can eliminate that as well. So I keep both. This particular line in the article just underlines everything I think I'm telling you here. Arms, ammunition, candles, lighters, antibiotics, gasoline, batteries, and food. He says, we fought for these things like animals. In these situations, it all changes. Men become monsters. It was disgusting. So in my house, which doesn't really have a good storage basement or anything like that for this stuff, I've got it squirreled away in every nook and cranny. But I've also identified what I think of as bug out space. What place or places can you hide this stuff in your home in case you're having to defend it from marauding gangs or they come through? You want to be able to credibly say, hey, I don't have any food. I don't have anything. I actually going to have a lot of food and you're going to have a really hard time finding it in my house. But if you do nothing else, the biggest thing is water. So you want water for at least three weeks in your home. You can go on Amazon.com and get the uh, chlorine capsules. Um, I have hundreds of them. I can treat hundreds of gallons of rainwater if I need to. And then what you want is what's called a life straw. Um, The typical life straw will filter a thousand gallons. You can literally put it right in, right into the water and, and suck the water right out of a fairly clean river. I mean, you don't want to suck sludge, um, but your typical river, you could go drink from it right now. If you have water and you have guns and you have plenty of ammo for those guns, it's going to get you. Again, lighters go in two categories, the ones you buy to trade and then the refillable ones you use. And I would recommend we have several containers Um, of that refillable gas that you can use. Another thing to be thinking about strategy-wise is how will you cook? Because 
more than likely, I've tried to turn on my gas stove. Even if the gas were still flowing, it's kind of hard and dangerous to do that. Um, how are you going to cook? You're going to have to cook inside your house. Before I, you know, did all this research, I was thinking, I'll go outside in the backyard and cook. No, you won't. You'll get shot. You need to be able to cook safely inside your home. How are you going to do that? What is is your is your plan for that? Finally, as I'm cruising around the grocery store, I'm constantly coming up with new things I can stack. Things that last a long time. The first thing you think of things like rice, lentils. I have a lot of that, but I also have concerns about using the amount of water it would take and the amount of fuel it would take um, to boil that. So my strategy is very much eating cold food for the most part. Finally, what is your bug out strategy? Wait, what's that? I actually have a container filled with stuff I can throw in my car. It's the bare minimum. What's your bug out strategy? You need one if you live in the upstate. Let me tell you why. We are ringed with three nuclear reactors. No matter where you are, you can go look. Go see how many reactors you have around you. If they hack inside the grid, like the FBI director is talking about, there's been some question for many years, and there's been a lot of testimony before Congress about this, about what would happen with the nuclear reactors if the grid went down. So that's why I keep my radio uh, with my battery supplies with it, I need to know what's going on with those reactors. I need to know if I'm going to have to run. And if I have to run, what is my strategy for getting uh, this stuff in the car? And and I can tell you this, the thing I'm taking is water. I'm absolutely taking my life straws, one for each of the kids, uh, a way to drink and purify water on the road. I'm also taking some of my bottled water, but I'm not going to have space for a lot of it. So what is your get out bug out strategy if you have to leave your area? And I would go ahead and already have it in, in crates, in, in cases, the most important stuff. So you can just lift it, throw it in the car, and go wherever you need to go. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.